Hello, and welcome to Graciously Grieving, Living Through the Pain, the podcast series where we talk about the grieving process and how to do it graciously. I'm your host, Ricky Cunningham, and we have my pastor, Reverend Brandon J. Owens Sr. with us today as well. Say hello, Pastor. Hello, hello. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how starting new relationships after losing a loved one is not a betrayal to their memory. Thank you for joining us today. Hello and welcome, my gracious gems. As I said, today I have with me my pastor, Reverend Brandon J. Owens Sr. And um, today we're going to be discussing how it isn't betrayal to start new relationships and to still honor the ones that have passed away and embrace the new relationship that we have with others. Um, The background of why I started this podcast was, hey, it was part of a school project, but I continued it because I thought it would be beneficial for folks to hear about how to move on and live graciously through the pain of grief. A couple of weeks ago, Morgan and I, my co-host, we discussed the different types of grief. And there were two in that group that I found interesting. Inhibited grief. According to the Cleveland Clinic, it involves repressing emotions. A lot of us do that without even realizing it. We think we are dealing and coping with the grief and we're not. Or we do it because someone tells us we have to be strong or they're not fully aware how sensitive the situation is. So they say we should be over it by now. So we jam down those emotions and we don't express them like we should. Um, But what I want us to understand is that We might be suppressing or suppressing it, the emotions, but it eventually it will come out. And when we fail to naturally and authentically grieve, it can show up physically and emotionally. And we'll talk more about that next week. So stay tuned for that next week. The other type is collective grief. This is the type of grief where groups grieve. Major events like wars, natural disasters, school shootings and para, uh, excuse me pandemics. It causes the group to grieve and we share that experience. We've lost as we struggle to imagine a changed future. A major altering event happened here at Bethel for us back in 2018. And that was the loss of our uh, former pastor, Reverend Houston. So my first question to you is, how was it for you walking into Bethel, assuming the duties and responsibilities as the new pastor? Real good question. Uh, If I was to put it in my own words, I would say that I would have mixed emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, I was excited to be able to come in uh, with a new assignment, but at the same time, um, coming into a church that was grieving um, the previous pastor gave me the mixed emotions. So I had to do with it the excitement and as well as carry the grief of others as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I guess that answers my next question. Could you feel the pain was still there when you walked in? Um, honestly, uh, it took several months. I, I would even say a couple of years. Um, I still noticed it um, in different areas of the church, uh, not just, you know, through the people, but just, you know, the, the spirit, mm-hmm. uh, 
in the place. You could just tell it was just one of those feelings that, hey, we want to enjoy you. We're happy that you're here, but at the same time, we still have something that's tugging on our inside that, you know, that's kind of, you know, stopping us from getting to the point where we want to be. And um, I think just over time, time heals those type of wounds. So I had to learn um, coming into this area mm -hmm. something new because mm -hmm. I never have been to a, a church to pastor where the previous pastor had, um, was deceased or yeah. something tragic of that nature. Right. So it was new to me mm -hmm. as well. So I'm carrying the excitement. I'm carrying the burden of the grief as well as trying to learn, you know, ways of dealing with their grief and trying to cope with them and deal, help them to get through mm -hmm. grief that I wasn't even certain of my own self. Right. Right. And this is going to help us go into our next episode, uh, next part of the, the topic, which is, dealing with like the guilt and the feelings of betrayal. Okay, when we close out that last part, we talked about how how you felt and how you could feel some some unease uh about the the environment. And I believe that some for some they felt as though that it would be like an act of betrayal if they were not loyal to his memory. But this was a time also that we should have stood together and welcomed you and let that uh, be a part of our healing process as uh, accepting a new one. And then I, I really think that's why um, we should have had some type of crisis intervention counseling done. I think that would have been beneficial for us because dealing with the, the guilt and the grief of the two are two powerful and complex emotions. And I can most certainly think that that was, was present. There was like an internal tug of war between wanting to honor the love and connection that we, that used to be, and then exploring where do we go with the new connection. And that would can hinder the ministry that you were trying to, to do here because it can be emotionally draining. So how would you, how would you address the complexities of the mixed emotions you have encountered since being pastor at Bethlehem. Oh man, I love that. Uh, I, mixed emotions is a good way to put it. The guilt, um, the grief, um, the hurt, um, everything, just put it all off inside of one ball within itself with happiness. Mm -hmm. So you've got all of these things that's going on in your mind, in your heart. And the thing is, as a man of God, I'm concerned about each one of them. Mm -hmm. So after a while, you know, I'm excited, but then again, their grief now has turned into my grief. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I had to realize and sit down and uh, realize that this was a sudden type thing. It wasn't nothing that was expected. Um, it was something that suddenly happened and, you know, boom, now we're in the transition of things. We got a new leader. Uh, so that transition of a new leader coming in and as well as dealing with this grief um, and then this guilt. Um, all playing a factor was kind of, you know, affecting me now at this point, because, right. you know, even six months in, you know, those smiles now is like, okay, where do I go from here? Because mm -hmm. again, like I say, I'm new at this. Um, I never have experienced a loss or coming into someone just trying to help someone that's dealing with the loss while trying to preach the gospel, while trying to bring people to Christ. So it was a more of a, it now it becomes a burden on my inner man as well as my, my totality of me just being a man alone and you know it, it was an uphill journey uh and the, the fact of the matter is i really didn't know how to get out of this you know but besides praying and 
you know, besides asking God to, you know, give me the right way and show me how to deal with these type of people. Again, you know, I, I even someone that close to me, I have never lost. So imagine them dealing with a pastor of years and mm -hmm. then suddenly losing him, their leader. Mm -hmm. And here I am, a new guy. Nobody knows. And here I am yeah. just trying to step into some new territory. Yeah. But my, my, my feeling about that, I was because I was his uh, assistant, too. As I'm your secretary, absolutely, absolutely. I was his assistant too. So yeah, that that was a hurt. But what helped me a little bit with it was that um, before he passed away, he had set up a list of preachers to come and preach, wow. and you were one of them. And I know that he was really particular about who right. preached right. to to the congregation. Right. So him trusting you gave me the spirit to trust you. Right. And and when I heard you preach, then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is Bless it. You. Even though I did try to hold your Bible hostage, <laughs> but uh, I I just felt felt a connection from almost like you know day one. Right. And I like I said, I felt more comfort knowing that he was someone he trusted for right. you to to preach to the congregation. Right. So that made it a little more helpful for me to just not be so uh, reluctant and resistant and, to and, that. And I'm glad you brought that up because even with the grief, uh, honestly speaking, I kind of start to feel the guilt. Mm -hmm. um, and I and, and I know you wonder like, how did, would I feel guilty? And it's, it just felt as if, uh, you know, I began to question like, man, will we, we, and not will I, but will we be able to get over this now? Because now I'm feeling guilty as if maybe I'm not the man for the job mm. because of that grief. Mm -hmm. And now I'm feeling guilty, you know, having to do the Bible study, having to do the, the Sunday morning worship and everything. So now that guilt has transformed into me, like, man, questioning, like, yeah. is this the right place? Am, am I in the right, you know, church, am, you know, in those things. And I think, you know, looking back on that, what was going on is that I saw my people and I had connected to them, but but the, the the grief wouldn't allow them to connect to me. Mm -hmm. So it was tugging on me more than it was tugging on them because I had the love from them coming in the door. Right. But but this they were they was falling in love with a man behind the closed door. Yeah. So and 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 that guilt came along with that grief or whatever, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to to say that we we have have to live how God wants us to live. We have to be open. We have to embrace new people Absolutely. and uh, and take in who he set here Absolutely. to be to be our leader. And so, in our my next question for you would be, how do you think we should move forward, and how can we move forward still honoring and respecting both the new and old relationships? Uh, God gave me the vision of. Matter of fact, my installation service um, to make sure that I did honor Pastor Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a, a real open guy that if it was not for Pastor Dorset Houston, that I would not be here. Mm -hmm. uh, always, uh, I feel like that we're standing on his back, you know, the sermons that he preached, mm -hmm. the songs that he sung, mm -hmm. some things that he implemented here. I'm standing on his back. Mm -hmm. So why not honor him? Yeah. At that same time, while honoring, we're not forgetting, but we're moving forward. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because if we continue to honor and we continue to stay stagnant, we will never be able to move past. Mm-hmm. So if you're never moving past anything or you're never moving forward, you're still in that grieving period. Mm-hmm. You're still in that guilt period. So I, I understand that time is not on our side. It takes time to heal from those wounds. Yeah. But to me personally, how do we move forward? We, we have a cutoff date. We have an expiration date where we just come in and say, hey, we're going to still honor him. Mm-hmm. But hey, the grieving period, we got to suck it up and we got to be able to move forward. Yeah. You know, that is like a, a open wound. You know, you may pull, pull that Band-Aid off of it, look at it and say, okay, I just need to wipe, wipe something else on the nearest sperm on and put another Band-Aid on to keep going. But eventually you'll learn that, hey, the more I let it get hurt, yes. they're going to heal. Yes, I said that a, a couple of uh, episodes before, excuse me, that sometimes some wounds need to be exposed Absolutely. so they can heal. Absolutely. I went to a funeral here a couple of weeks ago, and in that funeral, they had a poem by uh, Linda Ellis, and I'm still amazed by that poem called The Dash, and it's about being that date between the birth date and the death date, what happened in between that dash, and so I think, as you say, living off that, still honoring his memory, we're living off that dash, and we should be the extension of that right and so the extension of that is us moving forward and so i just think that's important because that's what matters how do we keep on moving forward because that's what he would want and and that's the thing that dash and and it's funny that you bring it up that dash is what matters what what was done in between uh point a and point b you know what what was done in between those times so now, as the church deal with this guilt and get over this guilt, all that matters at the end of the day, how do we decipher this in between? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get in between? Only what matters is what's going on at this present moment, not the expiration date, but right now. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? How are we moving forward? Just imagine, you know, just looking back over things, you know, you know, even if we do honor him through the things that we do, would he be appreciative of that? Or mm-hmm. would he be appreciative of we just sitting here and not moving? Because he was a moving guy, you know, yes. stayed on the move, you know, stayed preaching everywhere, stayed doing everything. So just being stuck and stagnant would not honor him. But I think honoring him would be by moving forward, mm-hmm. making changes, making yes. things better, uh, growing the church and, you know, um, doing those different things in the community and everything. So that's very vital to the church now. Yes, it is. In an article I read, it suggested organizing support, Bible study, and prayer groups for those experiencing grief. Something has to be done to bring awareness that grief is real and it can alter the way that we live if we do not offer an alternative. By acknowledging the emotional pain associated with grief, it helps with validating that what people are feeling is real and it is normal because sometimes they would think that there's something wrong if they're grieving. But also we should offer spiritual guidance. It can provide people with hope for healing, which can be found in Christ Jesus. Now, going back to what I said earlier about, I think counseling should have been available for the church because of the traumatic event that we experienced as a congregation. A survey conducted by PRRI, which is Public Religion Research Institute, they said that majorities of all Christian denominations agree that there's an important part of the church's role is to provide a faith perspective on pressing social concerns. And this would include grief, 
which when unaddressed can have a major impact on a person's ability to function. So I just think that it is time for the church maybe to step up. And like I said, that's why I keep on doing the podcast and trying to find ways where we can develop some type of ministry to help people that's grieving because it's one of those topics that's not really discussed. We, like I said in the beginning, we suppress it or repress it, whichever one it is, but we don't talk about it because people feel, other people feel awkward in, in discussing it. Like, oh, it is fine. Or they think that you should be over it when it's not, there's no real timeline on grief, but it is a point where we should start to move forward because it is not good to just stay stagnant in that one place. So what are your final thoughts? Um, Well, first of all, thank you for allowing for me to uh, be on this wonderful, uh, needed um, podcast. Um, I want to add to what you have already given us information on um, depression as well as um, grief is a silent killer. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, during the pandemic in the year of 2020, um, I did more funeral services um, than I ever have before out of 18, 19 years of preaching. And I learned then that even depression was a thing that was taken on from other people that I didn't even realize that I was going through falling into this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the same thing with this um, grief, the same thing, you know, it's a silent killer. If it's not addressed, it'll kill you mm-hmm. spiritually, mm-hmm. kill you mentally, mm-hmm. and eventually kill you physically. Um, I, and I think the church should adapt more to programs um, to help grief because one thing that the church do is to live with the body and to die with the body as well. And and you know we have members that pass, we have loved ones that pass, but how do we get through that? Mm-hmm. It's never taught. You know, it's only taught for that 45 minutes while that man of God stands up there and speak over that deceased loved one mm-hmm. or that deceased member. And that's all it is. We go back to our homes and our destinations and that's the end of it. But how many times after that do we teach them, that, okay, it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to, you know, deal with this for the next, you know, X amount of time. But then when do we come back in and say, hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Because six months down the line, when mom is gone and that was the only child, how we did the the correct steps in order to make sure that they are grieving properly Mm -hmm. is the number one thing. And if they are grieving properly, how can we assist with helping them get through that time? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think the church is one of those churches that need to be um, beneficial in helping them with this grieving process, whether whether it's uh, through death or whether it's through any kind of type of loss, uh, just the church is beneficial in helping them with that. And, I'm not certain of what programs that we can come up with, but just someone understanding grief is number one, like mm-hmm. yourself, uh, and understanding the steps of how to deal with these things is beneficial to all churches. It's, it's, it's no um, race, it's no creed, it's no um, of faith, it's, no, it's just about dealing with this grief. And, and, and once we have addressed that, how do we move forward? Yeah. Well, thank you. As we end every show with me going to God in prayer today, we're going to ask Reverend Owens to close us the show out in prayer, please. I'd love to. 
Most gracious and heavenly Father, I thank you, first of all, for Sister Cunningham right now. Lord, I thank you for the vision that you have given unto her. And Lord, I thank her for being obedient and to falling into the vision that you have given to her. Lord, now I pray at this very moment, at this very hour, and this very minute and second, that every listener that shall um, tune into this podcast, the ones that are dealing with grief, the ones that are dealing with guilt, the ones that are just even dealing with depression or any other thoughts. Lord, I pray that someone, somebody somewhere will be that helping hand for them. I pray that somebody will be that guidance that they need, that understanding that they need. But most of all, Father, I lean them all over to you right now. Lord, we know that you are present help even in the time of trouble. We know that you are still a God that answers all prayers. So, Father, I even cover the ones that I know might not know by name. But Lord, I know that you know exactly who they are. Somebody at this very hour is grieving right now. Somebody is going through a tough time in their own personal lives. But Lord, we say thank you now because we know that you are God that sits high and looks down low. So Lord, I give it all over into your hands right now. And Lord, if I'm not being too choicy, I pray nothing but over full blessings for Miss Cunningham right now. This entire podcast, even for the hundreds, the thousands, and the millions that it shall reach. Lord, we pray that it would be done in your will. Lord, we pray that you will get the glory. You will get the honor. And somebody's life will be changed. Somebody's life will be made the better. Lord, this is our prayer. We end this prayer by knowing, trusting, and still believing that you are God that inclines and hear each and every one of our prayers. We love you. We magnify your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, my gracious gems. That is our time for this episode. I want to thank my pastor, Reverend Owens, for joining us today and all of you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when I will be discussing prolonged grief disorder. I would love to hear from you. Send a text to 430-808-1225 or email to graciouslygrievinglttp at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments. Or visit our Facebook page, Graciously Grieving, Living Through the Pain. Thank you. I'm Ricky Cunningham and have a blessed evening.